Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And me, Robbie. And this week we are returning to our In Memoriam episodes. Last time we previously had done our favourite horror deaths in terms of characters that deserved to die. Yeah. And before that, we also did uh, our ones we didn't want to die. And this time, it's our top five deaths, as in top five deaths of all time. The ones that stuck with us, the ones that we couldn't get out of our heads, the ones that shocked us maybe when we were kids, the ones that just all time greats. So we'll definitely probably, I assume, be hitting on some fairly classic horror films in this one. Yep. Um, And if you've listened to any of our In Memoriam series, you know we have a couple of ground rules. So we have only one from each franchise. Yeah. Um, f- personally, for me, my um, all-time favourite horror death is um, Captain Rhodes from Day of the Dead. However, I previously mentioned him in an- another episode of In Memoriam in the characters that we to die. To die. Yeah. yeah. So I have I have put the rule upon myself that I'm not allowed to discuss him. Um, yeah. And I, in, I, in general, to be fair, avoided ones like deserve to die because I was like, we've already kind of covered the ones that you hate so much. So for me, I kind of that wasn't a rule. That was just me. I was like, I'm going to avoid like because I had to kind of cut mine down. Yeah, because I, I, I came up with too many. So I had to start making up my own little rules and be like, right, how can I, if I've mentioned it too much previously in the past in episodes, I'd be like, right, I'm not going to mention that film at all. Yeah, there was some where I thought of them. But then I couldn't settle on which was my favourite death of this horror icon, which was my favourite kill of theirs, maybe. So I just admitted it. (laughs) And I didn't go for any of them because it was too hard for me to choose. Um, We will be reading out some of your selections. um, If you follow us on Twitter or Instagram at CMTH Podcast. Um, And as always, before we jump straight into it, if you enjoy the show, um, I would recommend you go and listen to our previous In Memoriam episodes. They always make us smile. Um, and you can hit the subscribe button and leave us a tasty review. It would always go down a treat. Yeah. And I'm going to kick things straight off. Go for it. With my number five. And this is Silence of the Lambs, um, released in 1991, directed by uh, Jonathan Denome and written by Ted Talley. Obviously, based on an adaption of the book from uh, Thomas Harris, and yeah. um, that is Hannibal's escape scene. <laughs> and I believe this was mentioned on Instagram, wasn't it? It was mentioned on Instagram. Uh, it was mentioned by who is actually our good friend Alice, actually, um, who's recycling Alice yeah. on Instagram. Uh, go check it out. Um, she mentioned uh, uh, about this scene um, that it was literally, I asked everyone, what is your favourite? And she she came up with this one. She was the first one straight in there to comment. Um, and I said myself that this is a great scene. Like, yeah. Not just the de- not just a death, but the entire scene. The, is yeah, the entire scene class. of how it's done. I mean, I know, I know a lot of people say, is this film horror? It is not a horror. This film is a horror. If you I mean, look at it, it's, it's based on a horror novel. You could say it's a thriller, um, but I would class a thriller as a horror, just a bit, you know, a horror light. And, yeah, you know... I think there are certain ones, it depends on, like, there are ones that are just a thriller, and then there are ones that are a horror and a thriller, and this one falls pretty much into that. A film yeah. can still be a horror film just because it has thriller elements. A film can still be a comedy just because it, <laughs> it can still be a horror 
just because it has comedic elements. You know, it, it let's not like pigeonhole ourselves no. to say it's not horror if it's not got Jason butchering yeah. someone's head. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I think this film, this scene for me, and the particular deaths within this, because it, it it is two deaths. Um, yeah, it, it's just so well done. You know, Hannibal um, has been moved to this kind of fancy. Uh, it's almost like a hotel floor, isn't it? I think it is. It, it, I think it hotel. is inside a hotel. Yeah, they, yeah. They've set this up because they're trying to move him from one place next. But for some, because he's helping out with the Buffalo Bill yeah. case, he's managed to ask for a few nice amenities, yeah. and he's asked to be put up in a nice place. And yeah. He's got this huge cell in the middle of the room. It, it's it's and he's got his painting, he's got yeah. his drawings that he's doing, and he's listening to some kind of. I wanted to say classical music, but it's it's some kind of lute or something like that playing. You know, it's all very. He's nice. living a classy life for living... someone who's meant to be a maximum security prisoner. Yeah, <laughs> and the two these two guards come to him, and the guards, are, you know, they're not particularly nice, but they're not particularly horrid. We don't want them to die, um, and they're bringing Hannibal a second lunch or a second tea. Sorry, because you know he's he's wants another dinner and they're saying he's getting lamb chops extremely rare and this kind of stuff and they're giving it to him and then when he and you see that Hannibal's taking something out of his mouth that he he took earlier um and basically Hannibal escapes um he he chains one of the guards to the to the fence to the to the um, to the door to the cells yeah. yeah and then he beats the other one up he bites his nose or his cheek um, and then that bit's pretty gruesome. Like, it just goes for it. So it, it just—he looks so vicious in that. He looks scene so well. vicious. His eyes just—it's like his eyes change, and you just see the teeth. He's like some grizzly animal. Just yeah, like, and it's such a great—it's so—it's so great, so greatly done by Anthony Hopkins. Um, and then we get this kind of amazing contrast between this violence which is happening. You know, we see Hannibal kind of almost like machine-like beating this police officer to death with a police baton yeah um and you don't see you know you don't see the you don't see the beating it's kind of a point of view shot almost from the um from the the prison guard and you could see hannibal kind of swinging the club really kind of gracefully almost like conducting and then you have this violence which is taking place in contrast with the classical music that's playing and then you have this calm after the storm where the guard's dead um, you can hear the classical music and you hear the other guy walk kind of crawling away and then Hannibal utters the line ready when you are Sergeant Pembry and it's so sinister <laughs> it's so horrible and his you know the, the following scene that happens after when you know when they hear gunshots and stuff like that and they go up and they see one of the um, one of the officers is kind of flayed up yeah. and Hannibal's obviously executing his escape that's great the first time i ever watched this it i didn't expect hannibal to be able to do that you know you spend a lot of the time thinking that he's kind of um you know that he's dangerous because they talk about a lot of his crimes and you know he's intelligent because he's you know he he comes off very well and the the kind of the dialogue is he's brilliantly written but you don't expect him to be so gruesome and kind of seeing it and this is I think this is the only two murders of Hannibal that you actually see. Um, yeah, because it's the the weird thing is the first one about him is not actually that it's not that much about Hannibal. It's about no. more about Buffalo Bill and about Clarice than it is about Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, and it's I don't know it, the first time I watched it, it just kind of 
it stuck to me so much and it creeped yeah. me out so much obviously the you know the following scene is is great with his escape um and i didn't see that coming at all now watching it back i'm like how could i not see that coming but i think it's it's just so well because we we, we hear about how dangerous hannibal lecture is we hear about how cunning he is all this yeah. kind of stuff but you, and you don't expect it to be executed and then when you see it happen before you it's kind it's kind of beautiful it's kind yeah. of so well done it is so it's so well done like anthony anthony hopkins is at his best in this film like his best performance as hannibal lecter is in this first yeah. film because he just plays it, it it yes there's a little bit when he's hamming it up but he also he's clearly thought about this person being a classy well presented but a psychopath yeah. and animalistic at the same time that's click that that complete switch that he does when he gets that opportunity um but it's just so well spoken and creepy in his service where as i don't say in the ones then he followed them up sometimes got a little bit more hammy and a little bit more like less yeah like, as he went along he kind of played a little bit too much into the the way his voice kind of elongated words and the way his like little like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, personally, yeah, like you said, I do think he hams it up a little bit in in uh, Hannibal, um, but still a great film. Yeah, but I mean, before this, we had Manhunter in in, in 1986. Yeah, Michael Mann. Yeah. With with yeah, um, with Brian. Man. Yeah, with Brian Cox. Brian Cox. Was, um, yeah, and I, I I vaguely remember him being Spa- uh, not Spanish, him being um, Scottish. And, yeah. and Lecter being Scottish. But in that film, Lecter never comes off as this really classy, kind of no. sophisticated thing. Which, I mean, that's why the, the role of Hannibal Lecter is so synonymous with Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll always prefer Mads. Shout out my boy. <laughs> yeah. um, but you can't deny that his, his performance is amazing. Yeah, and it's such a good contrast to what we'd had before that you kind of it's it's almost like you don't go well actually he's doing uh you know it's not like it, it's almost like the joker in that it's an iconic character but you you don't always compare it you know i, I think what works perfectly like here what here though is because anthony hopkins is very much that side character yeah when he comes on the screen you can't take your eyes off of him and I think that's why it's less effective in the following sequels that he was in because he gets pushed to the front more. Yeah. And that's what doesn't always... He doesn't completely get pushed to the front, but he's more in it more than he is in it. He's not actually got that many minutes of screen time in no, this original film. Um, but he works so much better as that side. And you get this all the time in the film. Sometimes the first film that they're in, they're like a side character that works so perfectly. They work so perfectly as a side character. And then in the sequels, they're like, oh, that character was so good. We're going to make them into it. And it doesn't work. Captain as well. Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow is the one. Yeah, that one pops straight to my mind. Is, yeah, it just doesn't work as much when you use it a certain way. Um, but in this film, he's perfect. Um, I remember telling in in in, uh, in our first ever episode, I remember saying about it because I watched Science of the Lambs when I was like five years old. Oh, damn. <laughs> I watched them back to back of Alien and Silence of the Lambs back to back. I barely remembered it, but I did remember Anthony Hopkins' scenes in it. And I did remember a couple of bits like that that always stuck with me. And that was one that of was those wonderful. Scenes. I remember watching it very, I was probably, I, was, I wasn't I was as young as five. I was probably 10 or 11. And I yeah. remember watching it because I heard it was such a classic and I heard it was so revered. And I was, I was genuinely so creeped out 
buy it. Yeah. And it's just one thing that's always stuck with me. Um, I, I'm, I'm re-watching the series Hannibal now, and the character of Hannibal Lecter, I think, is just amazing. I've, I've read, I've read, you know, I've read Silence of the Lambs, and I've read Hannibal, and they're both, you know, incredible books. And I love the the whole. I hate the word, but I hate the universe that has been has been built, you know, yeah. in the books. And I just, oh yeah, I just this scene is just stuck with me so well. It's so so expertly done. I I doff my cap to uh, Jonathan Denham. Yeah, <laughs> on to you, so my friend. Good. Um, so I'm gonna say you you said with yours that your a lot of people fight whether that is a horror film or whether it's a thriller, or, you know, whether it falls into a different category. And um, my choice, and as I said throughout this episode, as I had too many choices, there are some where I keep changing my mind and going, should this be here? Should this be there? Should I even include it in my list? Um, and this one totes the line between where people probably wouldn't say it is a horror film, but I think that this is. And I'd also say that these are meant to be deaths, horrific deaths that aren't necessarily, or films that just, or scenes that just stick with you, where the death is just so iconic. And for me, it's, well, I could just say that it's Clever Girl. Oh, yes. Jurassic Park. Clever Girl. <laughs> it's just, I, this isn't a hugely graphic scene. Um, it's not, you know, it's it's all, a lot of it is purely imagination based as well. Yeah. Um, but again, this links back to seeing it at a young age and it always sticking, sticking with me for two reasons. One, it's kind of like a shock, quick, like... And you have the screaming and stuff like this, but yeah. I think sticks to you because you can paint the imagine, you can paint it in your imagination more than you actually you don't actually see it. Yeah, but it's also because the the, the character himself is so cool. Yeah, like, I just thought it was so awesome in that line before it is like, it's like he's respecting the animal <laughs> exactly. Eating. Yeah, that's um, it. it. It's so cool. Um, I mean, I could talk all day about how much I think Jurassic Park is just an amazing film. You're wearing I'm a Jurassic wearing a t-shirt. Park top. <laughs> I'm wearing a Jurassic Park t-shirt. Didn't actually spot that in my head until just no. now. I've got a Jurassic Park t-shirt. I love the, I love Jurassic Park films, but mainly the original I just think is an just all-time amazing film. Yeah. Um, and I think it's one of those films like Steven Spielberg did with Jaws and several other like kind of his kind of films. He tiptoes that line perfectly between family film and sometimes horror film and i think some of the scenes with the dinosaurs are pretty like scary and well, the, visceral and the suspenseful. Opening, definitely you know the the raptors in the kitchen raptors is a the proper class. suspense you know what i mean like there are lots of horror films that have not done suspense nearly as well as Jurassic park does it in this film the the t-rex scene where they're all stuck inside there and it's slowly creeping towards the the moment where they're in the trees with the car falling down and things yeah. like that it's just it's suspense so masterfully done you know what i mean it's yeah you know there, there are some people that just are masters of it and spielberg is one of those people that just knows suspense he, he does learn lessons from i believe hitchcock is what he says he took lessons from hitchcock and kubrick and went suspense i yeah. know how to do that and play it out slowly make it and it all ranks up and frankly the best scares normally come not from gory over the top deaths but from perfect suspense followed by a death and robert muldoon's death is just class you know yeah. i love the whole idea that he's because you you know the whole film you're you're kind of built up that robert muldoon um i hope i'm saying that good yeah. is um is this kind of absolute badass and is this tracker and is that and i think i'm sure he mentions when they 
before you see the raptors when he when they're showing them around he mentions something about like i think we should kill them all or something like that yeah sure he says something he's like constantly that. constantly throughout that film looking at the raptors talking about how the raptors do not let them get anywhere do not let them escape he knows how dangerous they are yeah he knows that they are the most dangerous creature that could ever be unleashed on this planet yeah um and you think so when you see you know when he's unleashed with that that spaz 12 shotgun i think yeah. it's called i only know the name from video games <laughs> <laughs> um but when he's got that shotgun you think fuck yeah this has got to be awesome muldoon's yeah. got to you know kick ass and take names and you think that he's tracking it and you think he's got it. Yeah. And then he knows he's doomed. You know he's doomed. And then he just says it, man. Yeah, he knows. And he, it's because the raptors have played him. Yeah. So he thinks he's got this raptor in front of him. He's like, I've got you. Turns out they're a pack animal. And there's like three of them surrounded yeah. him instead. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It's just that puffer. But it's such a classic line. That clever girl is just yeah. like, yes. But it's creepy as hell. There are plenty of other completely, as I said, scary scenes. You know, Laura Dern, where she goes looking for Samuel Jackson's um, character and yeah. the thing, and the raptors are chasing her and popping out. And you know, there are so many good films there, which I think classic. It's a monster movie. It it's is, a monster yeah. movie. You know, what I mean, it's a family movie. Yes, in some respects, it's an adventure movie. Might even slightly bit of action, but it is a monster movie, horror movie. Yeah, it I, um, perfectly falls into that, and I just absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I've got much more to say except that. <laughs> well, my number four um, is from The Thing, nineteen eighty-two, which is obviously uh, directed by John Carpenter, screenplay mm-hmm. by Bill Lancaster, um, and it's um, uh, it was, it was it's obviously based on Who Goes There, and this is the chest defibrillation scene. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, I, that's what I was yes. expecting. I I considered this one, uh, but I, I moved away from it because yeah. it wasn't. I didn't see the film like early on when I was younger, so I kind of went with like, okay, I've like that's not imprinted in my brain as no, much. It's imprinted, but it's amazing. Mind, like it's it's amazing. Yeah, um, and this is actually quite an interesting thing because uh, the thing was in works for a while, um, and it was originally they thought that Tobe Hooper was going to be directing it obviously yeah. texas chainsaw fun house um kind of fame and then um they moved on to john landis uh, and obviously if you listen to our previous episode um, about american werewolf in london for its 40th anniversary you know we spoke a little bit about john landis and his kind of history with horror that sort of stuff yeah. so both of those films would have been completely different to what we got with john carpenter yeah definitely um and I think the whole, you know, I love this film so much because it's my favorite um, John Carpenter and Kurt Russell team up. You know, you've got America, you've got um, Escape from New York, Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China, yeah. and then The Thing. Um, or there is there's an order to them, but I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and the, this is the point in the film where shit really hits the fan. You oh, know, yeah. a lot of a lot of the film is building up to this idea of paranoia. You know, assimilation and you know what what is the thing who is the thing that kind of stuff we we have blair's character has kind of um you know taken down um he's cut off communication he's killed the dogs he's done everything he can to make it so that these guys aren't leaving and then um and then norris has a heart attack and yeah. and uh he collapses so the doc, dr cooper uh, puts him on the table and he defibrillates him once and nothing happens. And then he goes back up and he when he goes in to defibrillate him, his 
you know, Norris's stomach opens into this gigantic mouth yeah. and it bites his hands off and just kills him instantly. And you see, you see his hands bite, you know, get bitten. And then as he pulls away, you see him tear off. And then this is when shit hits the fan because Norris's mouth stomach starts blursting out all this like green bile and all these tendrils. Yeah. And then as they burn him, the head comes off and it's just such a, a crazy scene. And I, and I remember first watching the thing, um, probably when I was about 15, 16, I stumbled upon it late night and I thought John Carpenter. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Um, the only John Carpenter film I think I, I knew at the time was um, uh, Halloween, obviously and Escape from New York. And I think I'd watched The Fog. or No, I hadn't watched The Fog by then. <laughs> so I only really knew those two of him. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I'm going to watch this because, you know, it sounds awesome. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, you see the dog and you see this kind of, you know, this element of body horror, which is awesome. Um, and then Rob Bottin, who did The Howling, as we mentioned yeah. in our previous episode, he just has these amazing kind of, you know, pre kind of creatures and these horrid designs that he makes and it's just such like a horrible unsuspecting kill it is you know and it's played like when you watch it back it's kind of played so well like you don't expect it and then when it happens it doesn't it it's not it doesn't feel like it's a jump scare but it's just so sudden and so like so unexpected if you've never seen it before you would be like what the fuck is happening here yes and it's also the fact that let's be honest it looks creepily real yeah like real like this is the amazing this is probably for me the peak of practical effects like yeah in a horror film this is like right up there i mean like like we said like the american werewolf one yes that was like amazing touchstone but this is like taking it to the next level where it's you take just... one scene and take a million scene and make those same amazing animatronic yeah. movements special effects you know what i mean it yeah, it, yeah. it astounds me that it's so good. It, yeah, it's a, and it takes body. It's just body horror to the next level, you know. Um, and I think watching this at the time, you kind of you have this idea of sci-fi films of because it is sci-fi, it's horror, and yeah. it's kind of body horror. But you have this idea of sci-fi films of if people are taking you know invasion of the body snatchers, yeah. if people are being taken over. It's not, it's going to be by humanoid things, doing humanoid things, maybe strangling and putting something in their mouth, or it's got to be something like that. Yeah. You don't think that some the actual alien is going to be able to change its body structure when you touch it, you know? Yeah. it's kind of, And it was kind of, it was mind-blowing, man. The whole <laughs> film, I love the whole film, um, but this death is just one that's just ingrained in my brain, you know? Yeah, that is, it is an amazing death. You're all right. Over to you, my friend. Right, for my next one. Um, so, my next one is where I would say that my choice is I literally had, again, three films, and I kept going back and forth between them because all three films are not great films. Yeah. But they are films where a death stuck with me. And this one, I had two other films, and then this one popped into my head, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah. That one, when I was a kid, just completely like, what the fuck? Uh, and it is 13 Ghosts. Oh, I and it is Matthew gonna, Lillard's I death. knew you were going to have that. I was thinking... I only thought of this, like, this morning and went, actually, I'm writing off the others. Um, <laughs> I am, I'm going to tell you what the other two were because I know that I'm sure they're not going to be on your list. So one of them was The Haunting, 1998, which is a Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones kind of 
yeah reversion of the haunting of Hit, uh, like hill house kind is of it owen wilson's wilson? owen wilson? death yeah when the statue comes down and takes his head off that one always again, remember that i always remember that scene i but again i don't really remember the rest of the film <laughs> i just remember that scene i don't remember thinking it was a great film or me um it was just you know not uh, amazing and not nearly creepy enough i remember it being on every every other week on itv oh yeah it with, was on a lot with um house on haunted hill remake yeah that's why i've seen it a lot of, I've, i think i've seen it more times but this is because again when i was younger if it was if horror was on tv i'd be trying to watch it if yeah. i could watch it um and um my other option which was going to be my choice was resident evil elevator not the elevator the uh cut into cubes oh okay, colin yeah. salmon's character mr colin salmon mr colin salmon when he's in that room and they're dodging all the lasers and they just come and he gets cut into cubes i just always remember like Fuck, that is an awesome it was death. badass that I mean, was badass the way he crumbles apart and, and things like that and just the way it hits you and the effects looked pretty good and again i don't think that the i, I don't necessarily feel like although they're watchable i don't think any of them are like amazing films the first one was probably my favorite of the bunch yeah definitely um but um yeah it, it's not an amazing film it's like a cheap horror just like 13 ghosts and, to be fair but i remember that that death so much because there was um there was a period in my life where my where Dan, obviously my older brother, when that when Resident Evil came out, what was it, two thousand and two, two thousand and one, maybe? Uh, two thousand two. Yeah, so we would I would have been ten. Um, Dan was able to see these films because he looked a bit. He was he was older. He looked a bit older, so he was able to go in and see these films. Yeah, and he he went to see Resident Evil, and we grew up playing the game, so he was like the best film ever. And then he also <laughs> went to see Spider Man Two before me. Um, like a week or two before I got to see it. And he told me and my, my friend OJ that the end, um, <laughs> the end, Spider-Man kills Dr. Octopus with a grenade launcher, <laughs> with a rocket launcher. And he really tried to convince us that. We didn't fall for it, but he really tried to convince us. Back, back to your choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. But anyway, yeah. So it was, a, it was a good choice. I was trying to choose something that wasn't like just the classic, but something that was like a standout death that I always remembered. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was, it, out of those ones, it had to be the 13 Ghosts, Matthew Lillard. I don't know if it was because at that point in time, I was still young enough that Scooby-Doo was back in like, <laughs> with that, the, 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 the uh, live action Scooby-Doo was like one of the greatest films ever. Best ever. I mean, it might still be. <laughs> <laughs> the debate is out on that one, but <laughs> it, but it was seeing this like horror with thing, which again, 30 Ghost isn't just an okay horror film. It has some amazing, uh, some amazing like monsters. Yeah, I love there. the ghosts. The monster lists are like so cool. You've got the the guy that's got like all of the uh, the huge like nails through his body. What do they call it? Is it the hammer? They call him or the juggernaut? Yeah, they did maybe? give them all, all names, and I can't I can't remember all. Like, I can't remember their their names very well. There's one called the something prince, which was the baseball guy. The baseball guy, yeah. really cool. And then there was the mother. The something mother and the something son. There was the, the one who had like uh, the woman who had like the slip wrist. Yeah, and slip oh. wrist, like she'd slice, she'd slice herself up, and, and then the torso. Yeah, just, torso was awesome. The, oh. the, the body horror, the, the monsters were better than the story that surrounded it, which was basically again the haunting 
of Hill House yeah. in another form. It was a big glass house with big weird clogs and like ch- changing wheels and turning wheels and stuff like that, that could automatically close and open itself. And yep, of course, you know what's coming. They're all going to get trapped inside the house Badass. when they inherit a house. And it's like a family. The weird thing is that they use a family, which kind of makes you start to think that not many of them are going to die, which kind of takes away from it a little bit, I guess. Yeah. But it was some of the deaths in this film are really cool. Yeah. I nearly even went for the other one in it, which is when the lawyer gets yes. cut in half by the glass door and you see the whole half of his body slide down and you see, there's not, awesome. like, there's loads of, there's a, quite a few cool like cut in half scenes, but that is one of the coolest cut in half scenes in, yeah. like, in like a horror film, just the way it happens. So that's what I mean, visually, the deaths part, and the monsters part, they fought out so well, it's just too bad. The actors and the thing didn't match the, the, yeah. the concepts and the art design. <laughs> I've still got a soft spot for it. Yes, me too. That's what I mean. It, it, it's because I watched it from a young age, and back then I used to make, I used to make up games in the imagination. You know, yeah. again, this is when you go out and play in groups, and it wouldn't just be like football. It'd be like, fucking, I'm, I'm Michael Myers. I'm, I'm going to hunt you all down and stuff. Like that. <laughs> um, and this was another one with make up stories. I used to always reenact this. And Matthew Lillard's death is—he's the guy that knows it. He's like the uh, the ghost investigator and he knows what's going to happen he's trying to persuade them to get out of the house he pretends to be someone who's come to work on the uh the electric or something in the house yeah and he gets stuck in it and he's got these glasses that helps him see the ghost and the ghost are telling people when they're coming and he can see them but he also um he's got some psychic ability because he he foreshadows his own death yeah and it's that big that uh, i can't remember his name but the big one with the nails and the things that the hammer it could be the hammer um but because it matches the nails through his whole body, but some of them are like these giant nails yeah. and some of them But for his whole body, and his death is he gets picked up, lifted in the air, and from his back, his back gets literally crushed and <sighs> bent around a glass wall. Yeah, he gets the shit kicked out as well. He does, that. he gets really beaten up. It, it, it's like, if you like his character, or you're just like my, Matthew Lillard, Which or you're like, Matthew. it's Shaggy. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting beaten to death, Scooby. Look <laughs> no, out. not Shaggy. <laughs> um, but it, it's a really brutal death for a character that all actually he was trying to do. He's not a bad character. No, what he's trying help. to do is help them. He's one of the few that comes and risks his own life to kill them. I mean, the openings, like even at the opening of this film, as I said, some of the death scenes are awesome. The opening where they're all getting massacred in the middle of this like junkyard yeah. is really badass when they get impaled and stuff and cut up and all these investigators and stuff just getting killed one by one. It's really cool. It, it, you know, it's up there with like the opening of um, Ghost Ship when everyone yeah. gets sliced up. That was what I was thinking of because that's a classic opening. That well, is a classic. I, that, I thought that's what I popped in my head. I was like, that was one I thought of, but I was like, nah, like, because. I like that bit, but I don't remember the rest of the film at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just remember that scene. But anyway, I just thought it was just, it's its brutal. I mean, this one probably, I feel like this might have probably also nearly probably made it onto my characters. I didn't want to die. List. Yeah, I, 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 I really liked his character. But there, there was a bit of a crossover here where I was like, you know what? I just remember being a kid and constantly thinking after I watched that, being like shocked by that death. Yeah. Be like, what the fuck? Only because he was such a, prolific like act, like he was in quite a few like horrors but also in other things at that yeah, time it was, when Matthew, that was the peak of Matthew Lillard basically <laughs> with like things like that and also you know again it was just it was shaggy getting broken up <laughs> <laughs> which is always hard to watch and it was just that? brutal um so yeah uh it's that is my number four that's good man I like that one um my number three is a film that I've only kind of seen in the past two years maybe 
I would okay. say. Um, and it is Frank's death from Hellraiser 1987. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So, and it was written and directed by Clive Barker, who also wrote the um, short story that the film was based on. Um, I can't remember the name of the short story. Um, but basically, it's, uh, you know, I love my body horror. And I, I, I'd always heard about Hellraiser. And it was one of those films that, you know, um, the Hellbound Heart. Um, it was one of those films I, I'd always wanted to watch. And I always saw pictures of it. And I always yeah. heard it was very, you know, horrid and this kind of crazy and that kind of stuff. But I only got around to actually watching it about two years ago. Um, yeah, I think I didn't so. watch it very long. I watched it not long after you watched the first yeah. one because then we watched the sequel together. We watched, yeah, we watched two and three. Two, yeah, two and three together. But you just watched the first, and I was like, I'd always wanted. I don't know why. It's one of those, you see, you talk, you hear about Pinhead all the time, and yeah, it's just one of those ones that I don't know why I'd never got around to watching it. No, I just couldn't find it anywhere. You know, I just, I just, and it was such. A, I mean, I still. I still find the whole series is a bit of a head fuck, to be honest. Yeah. Like we watched the second one, I don't really know what was happening. No, but it was gory and it was cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, like for, for a point in time, it had some amazing uh, yeah, tongues gone twisted. Uh, some amazing visuals and you know just the concept and things like that. Um, it's definitely one of those ones where I think it just tried to be too ambitious at times, and it was just trying too much. Yeah, and sometimes I think the first one was better because it was more of a simple story. Yeah, the sequels was. get crazier and crazier. I mean, I still want to watch all the sequels. Yeah, I mean, um, we've only watched the tri- the trilogy. The trilogy. We haven't watched from then on, and I know there's a, a good few more. Yeah. Um. So I was originally going to go with um, Hellraiser Three, JP Monroe, um, the guy who um owns the club the club yeah the club owner and basically he you know he accident he has he has he shags this lass they picks up in his club and then that you know he's like i don't care and she starts flipping out and then pinhead in this kind of statue form he's bought like a statue or like yeah he's a bought, monolith bought, bought a monolith thing, like, of that it. has these creepy yeah things, like things on them and then he ma- yeah. drawn on them. and then he makes a deal with jp monroe about if you bring in people you get your desire having sex with them, and then you feed them to me, and then you'll you'll be my right hand man. And then you know Pinhead ends up killing J.P. Monroe when he's been knocked out by this woman. Yeah. Um, I thought about putting that on there, but then there's just something about Frank as a character. There's that, something about Frank. There's something about Frank. I just think that he's so he's so despicable as a character. He is. He's fucking. He is. He's, you 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 pretty much hate him, but at the same time, he's got a kind of weird like. He's got charisma to him, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he has that charisma, you know. Um, and I yeah. love when he's just walking around flexing without any skin. That's probably, that's fucking badass, oh, yeah, yeah. you know. And so he goes into this kind of... He never seems phased. He doesn't, it. does he? It happens to him. It's violent. And yet he's still like... I'm not saying he's not in pain and things like that, but he just seems to get on with it. Like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I, I, I always deserved this kind of power kind of thing. And it's kind of this whole sadomasochism thing, isn't it? And it's really weird um but kind of at the end of the film um you know he uh the cenobites are, are trying to hunt frank down um and they finally catch up with him because um the main protagonist kirsty basically um flips you know lets them know where he is and play, plays a trap and then once they've caught him they kind of have all these really cool quotes that they say yeah. you know so when you know pinhead says like this isn't for your eyes to Kirsty. Um, 
and the, all this kind of cool stuff. And then they fire all of these hooks into Frank. Yeah. And they start pulling him apart slowly. Oh, it's such a cool It's awesome. Death. And there's a bit where his body is just stretched yeah. to the most that it can be. And the music's kind of building. It has this really kind of horrible, almost like orchestral piece behind there as it's happening and then it stops um i need to show you show you a video of it after because i found a really funny one of it online um <laughs> but it stops and then he just he starts smiling and laughing and then he just says jesus wept and like he's almost like like he's enjoying what's happening to him he's yeah. relishing and dying <laughs> and then he just gets ripped apart yeah and it's just it's just like it's like it all just gives in finally and just like <laughs> Yeah, and it's oh. just absolutely incredible. It's a, it is amazing. Like visually, it's like fucking hell. Like I'm, I'm, I was looking at like how did they pull this off? Like yeah. this is really like, and also how did they get not get completely like destroyed sensor wise? Yeah, because it's so the film just although it's got that kind of whimsy about it, it it's not it, it's not dissimilar to say sometimes the way that it feel in the feel of say a Nightmare on Elm Street or things like that sometimes can be. It's just got this weird under dark kind yeah. of. I don't know, there's some kind of dark gothic realness that kind of plays along underneath it that kind of makes you feel a bit uneasy at times. Yeah, that's it. Like this is something that could almost happen, demons and ghouls and things like that. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, well, it's just, it's... And the whole, like, that's, I was looking because uh, I was trying to remember, uh, Julia. Yeah, Julia. Like, the one that goes along with this thing. There's so about him, Frank, that's just a head fuck. It yeah. just really just gets to her. And the fact that she's so easily drawn in by him. And he fucking like, pipes her when he's got no skin. Oh, yeah, you got the fucking pipe. It's like, what the fuck <laughs> is just, going on? Man's just laying pipe. Yeah, with all of his nerves no exposed. <laughs> yeah, and it's also, it's just such a, I love the film, but it's just such a weird death. Um, and it's so good. Now, on to you for your number three, my friend. My number three... And Rob's just seen it because I've not yeah. seen. <laughs> uh, my number three is from The Omen, and it is uh, Keith, who is the reporter played by David Warner. Yes. Um, and this is the scene when he gets his head lopped off by a piece of glass. Yeah. Um, so when we did uh, the Final Destination, we've mentioned this like briefly that The Omen has a lot of that similar kind of like you know, intervention kind of deaths. Yeah. Like one thing happens to another thing to make it roll. And this one has a very similar thing. We have like a Stan gets knocked over, something rolls along, it causes the 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 glass is on like a cart kind of thing. Yeah. And it follows a scene when um the father's just basically found out everything he needs to know about Damien. He's found out that basically he's got these daggers and he needs to kill Damien. He yeah. knows that. But he's disgusted himself at the thought of trying to kill a child, so he throws away the daggers. But um, David Warner's Keith, the reporter, has overheard this and like thinks this is what needs to be done, kind of thing. Yeah. So he goes to try and retrieve the daggers from where they've been laid out, and then you see this whole contraption start to lay out his thing, and then it starts rolling down towards him, and it just hits him, and the panes of glass just go right through yeah. his neck. His head goes tumbling over it as it rolls. So cool. Um, and I, I mean, I just thought it was such a badass death. Oh, it was fucking awesome. I mean, it literally was. I totally believe, I feel like Final Destination did take an inspiration from this film. Yeah. Because it just got so many of those deaths. But it's just, it really nicely played on the unexpected, the way that, you know, that Damien or even just the devil himself are 
completely playing in the background kind of thing. And you're not safe wherever yeah. you are. Wherever you are. It doesn't matter what they're doing. You are in danger's way. Um, I mean, there was another choice from this film that was actually originally my choice, but then I decided I remembered this one more clearly, but it's also, my other one would have been The Nanny. In oh, the I love film. The Nanny, yeah. The Nanny where, I'm doing it for you, Damien. It's all for you. It's all for you, Damien. That's the line. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then drops and just hangs herself in the glass breaks. And yeah, that scene's awesome as well. Um, now, The Omen is one that I have, I, I watched it a lot when I was a kid. Um, I had the trilogy. I watched them all. I don't really remember the sequels, um, but I do remember absolutely loving the original and rewatching it again and again and again. Um, and I haven't watched it now in a very long time. Yeah, I've um, we've talked about it. So if you're looking at like Instagram and stuff like that, I've just said like I've been watching the Friday the Thirteenth films and stuff like that. I had all of these box sets. Like I borrowed yeah, you, a few tons of these box yeah, sets. You, you, and yet, I, yeah, when I was it. in like when I was in um, when I was in like secondary school. I used to watch these all the time. I just go home on the weekend and I would marathon Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, you know, Omen. I would all these box sets that I had. I would just watch them all the time. I knew them so well. And then I think after that, once I hit about college, I barely ever watched them again. Even though I, I had just the box them from you. I think Rob's had, <laughs> Rob's had my Friday the Thirteenth box. I think for like as long as I can I remember. I think you've got it back. I think I might have it back. I don't know. I'll, have to, I'll have to borrow. It. <laughs> I've really just well. been rewatching it. So I destroyed them, so I didn't even watch the DVD. Yeah. Um, but um, I, yeah, I used to watch these all of the time, so it was always like really interesting. But I've started now to be like, I want to go back and watch all of these now because apart from Halloween, which is the one I stayed with the most, the rest of them I have not watched all of the sequels in no. God knows how long, uh, or just the original. The I've seen the I've seen the original, but I've never seen the sequels. The thing that I actually remember most, um, because I watched, I did watch The Omen when I was kind of relatively young as well, maybe 10 or 11 or something like that. And this was the death that stuck out to me. But I always remember when I got my first TV and I was in my first ever room, I grew up sharing a room with Dan. And then eventually when I was about 12, 13, I got my own room. Um, yeah. and maybe 13, 14, I got my, my very first TV, absolute flex, had a built-in DVD player. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that I remember most was they did um, Channel 4, because back then, the only you know I only had a couple of channels. Yeah. Um, Channel 4 did a series every, I think it was Friday night, um, and they did Cursed Films. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. they did, um, I remember they did the Amityville Horror, um, yeah. I remember that being one of the ones they did, but they also did the omen and they said they showed this part, you know, they showed this death and then apparently somebody who was involved in it died in a very similar way, you know, was might've yeah. been in a car crash and ended up decapitated or something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah. 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 Um, um, driving down like the, they were driving like the highway, which was also, I believe something like route 66. Yeah. Or something something on, like on that. Gumpson six. There was a weird, um, and um, yeah, I, I believe it was like it was someone within the construction or something. I think of the film or something. Like that, I think, and they had a lot of the stuff on the back. And when they crashed, it came through the front. And yeah, them. and um, they were all kind of like, "This is the curse of the omen." Yeah, well, they, uh, we mentioned uh, I mentioned in the American Werewolf episode about the 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 guy that was on the omen set who was killed by the lion. Yeah, um, I believe there was someone else who was hit by a truck, which is also a death in the film. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a bunch of things surrounding it. Just in general, there were like creepy things that happened to the actors and stuff like that when they were trying to do it. People really started to get a religious bent on this film. Um, 
yeah, so it, it was a hugely impactful, like, um, <laughs> as you said, like, cursed film. Like, uh, the other one, uh, Pol- Poltergeist. I Poltergeist, yeah. Show. Yeah. That one has a... But the film's awesome. Background. Yeah, the, fil- the film's awesome. Uh, and as I said, I, I, I want to revisit it properly, um, but it just always stuck out to me as such a kind of cool death and a sudden death. Um, the film's full of these really cool... It's, it's a really well-made film that also has some really awesome deaths in it. Yeah, that'll be my number three. So, so my number two, um, and this is The Descent, and uh-huh. it's Holly's death. Um, so written and directed by Neil Marshall, and I believe came out in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I didn't see this in the cinema because I would have been, you know, 13, yeah. far too young. Dig it's uh, here. But I did see it on DVD about a year later, a year or two later. And I think the I, I don't like enclosed spaces anyway um and i think the whole film kind of has this feeling of um claustrophobia, claustrophobia yeah. and something like that it does, it's just not right and i like that you know it opens up with you know a tragedy um and you see that you know our main character sarah's this kind of haunted character um but i went in knowing nothing about this film so i literally opened the dvd case and put it in yeah. So I expected it to be more on the realms of a survival film, you know. Yeah. Maybe the because because this is off the back of if you listen to our um, rip off horrors, this is off kind of off the back of stuff like Open Water and stuff, you know, where these kind of survival films were really big. They're popping up a lot. Popping yeah. up a lot. So I was expecting, okay, they're going to be trapped in a cave and they're going to have to try and figure their way out, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you just see this random goblin <laughs> that's the best way i could describe it yeah they were called crawlers in the film but at the time i was thinking is that a goblin <laughs> so <laughs> it is a goblin now yeah um and i was freaked out enough by that but then you have this sort you have this sort of stuff you know they find that people have been there before and you're all very creepy nothing feels right and then there's a scene where they they fall down a hole and they end up in this bit with um loads of dead animal bones you know yeah and it's a night vision camera and this is around you know when night vision cameras were popping so you have this night vision kind of scan of the room and then we see holly and then stood by her we see this goblin like lunged over her and it's honestly man i shit my pants <laughs> i was the scariest thing i one of the scariest things i'd ever seen just wasn't expecting it it was so horrible yeah i i I was just jumped out of my skin and then we get this kind of thing where the women know that there's something in there but they can't see it and it's like scuttling around and then it just jumps down and and rips holly's throat open and kills her and it all happens so quickly and it's i was honestly man (laughs) it's so grim yeah, no, no. I, I, I watched it first when I, I think I was in college, when I was in a film studies course, so I hadn't seen it. I didn't really know anything about it either. And it was it it was such a cool film, but it also was one of those things that I would absolutely like hate. Like people who do yeah. like cave diving and things like that. I just like after this film, I was just like, nah. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Like, I'm good. <laughs> I, I, I do not I it definitely would not fill me with adrenaline to have to push myself through a very small rock hole. No. Like I'd just be like, that sounds like the worst. <laughs> that, yeah, that does. Like, if you put that on fire, then yeah, that's it. I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> like I'm completely terrified um so it just is that film works so well because of that way that you just know you're like you're completely fucked you're trapped like how the fuck are you going to get out of this at all you feel the doom for everyone basically you feel that doom and gloom 
I think we've we've mentioned. I think we've met. I remember us talking about this before. One of the characters that's really fucking horrible. I don't. But I, I don't, don't think, know. I, I feel. I'm definitely sure we once have talked about a long time ago. But and I don't think it was in characters deserved to die. But I can't remember. Yeah, I, but I remember. I can't remember what the character's name even is now. But I remember just saying that she's basically an asshole. She basically set them all up on this thing. Didn't oh, tell June. anyone about it. Juno. Yeah, Juno. that's it. We mentioned it in one of the episodes. I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, I just remember how much I hated that. It might have been the stupid decisions episode. That's I'm gonna have to yeah. go back and check it out. Yeah, I know. I think I think you're right. It's the stupidest decisions episode. Um, which yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this is. I mean, the crawlers are like creepy the as goblins. hell. Um, but they're played really well that you don't always see them that, and it's no. really quick deaths that they don't expect to come. But it's brutal at the same Very time. Very brutal. And the fact that like, is it Neil Marshall who's the director? I believe. Yes, Neil Marshall. Yeah. And the fact that you for me is that go i went in blind yeah and i was just completely blind to the like a crawler uh, yeah like a crawler <laughs> like a goblin <laughs> i was completely blind I could to hear it. and smell i, I could, could not see yeah it. <laughs> and then i was just like yeah i was i don't know and then just seeing that first little shot of one having a drink from the water and then being like what the fuck yeah is this um and then seeing that jump scare man honestly i I'm sure that is the point I changed from being a boy to a man. (laughs) (laughs) Over to you for number two, Eva. Okay. Um, My number two is uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, So um, this one, to be fair, I broke my rule a little bit because I know that we've mentioned this before, but this was all the way back in the first episode when we were talking about our horror memories. Yes. Of this, and this one had a, a good horror memory back then of the way it's freaked the fuck out of me and other people that I ever showed it to because I thought it was such a good scene. Um, and uh, I've literally put that this is Bones, Feathers, and a Sledgehammer to the Skull. Oh. <laughs> um, so, um, obviously, I mean, if you listen to this, you know the setup of Texas Tinsel Massacre, a group traveling through texas yeah. uh I, I literally questioned myself then is it texas it in is the texas. title because <laughs> it's the texas Tinsel massacre it is <laughs> oh my god um yeah so uh traveling along their car they get they take on the one person on their trip yeah they get stuck and this is just a psychological horror is best yeah. shout it, out bill mosley as well man. oh yeah toe pooper is as well like the director is just it's it fucks with your head completely, this film. It's more so than anything. You hear Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you think, oh, that's going to be such a bloody graphic film. Not really, no. It's all about what you don't see and what is yeah. in your head. But it's also about such as the scene when she's at the table and, you know, all the family going crazy. And that scene just... Grandpa. I remember that scene just, like, fucking with my head. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I didn't expect it to. But psychologically, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, this is really freaking crazy. Um, and... There's just, I mean, you, you love this franchise. I fucking love it. I was <laughs> going to choose one from this. I, I thought you would choose one from this. Um, I have so many. That I, don't know <laughs> where, I don't know where to start because I do. I, I mean, it's a messy franchise. Don't get me wrong. But I do love it. Um, so I, the, the one that I was thinking of was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning when um, yeah. the guy saves, um, the guy <laughs> saves, <laughs> the blonde dude saves the main protagonist in the slaughterhouse and then he gets the chainsaw in the back and he gets lifted up. Oh, yeah. Always stuck with me. I mean, I almost went for the remake as well. Yeah. 
Um, because class, the man. remake is class, and the remake has some really horrible deaths and just scenes that build to it. The the remake, whereas the original like kind of fucks with your head, and it definitely has some scenes that make you feel kind of icky, like icky, yeah, <laughs> icky. like sick, gross. Yeah. You know, uh, I feel like the sequel ups that ante of that kind of disgusting. You feel dirty. Yeah, the, the remake. remake. Yeah. Uh, the remake, you know, the nails breaking off on the walls, yeah. the, getting thrown on the hooks. Even the girl at the beginning who commits suicide with the blood, but like, yeah. you know, the, the, the gun between her. It's all just like, uh And I think this is why this one in the original stood out for me so much because they land in this room and I just remember just, it's like, it's like pig bones yeah. and like chicken feathers. And the whole room is just like filthy and it is, dirty. Yeah. It, this, you know what I mean? Like, if you want to make an OCD person never want to do anything ever again in their life, show them this scene, and they'll <laughs> never, ever be able to stop thinking about it. Because it it's just is dirty, disgusting. They're on the floor, it's all there. They're trying to look through like the, the, the root. It's just, it's just, uh. And then there's that sudden shock of door opens, out he comes, bang, straight to oh. the head, pulls him away. It's like so quick. Um, it's not it's not gory or graphic, but the snap and the smack yeah. when it hits his head is just like, Ugh. and then you still see all of that like dirt on the floor that drags along yeah. with him because it's that dirty and that filthy and like Leatherface is just so quick and boom. Well, it's just that he, dis- is, is that he completely disregards this as a human and it's just like, he just sees it as another piece of meat, another yeah. animal. It's, fucking mental yeah literally he's between the stock he's between the bones of the pigs and the chickens and you know all those animal carcasses and whatever else part of carcasses we don't really know what is in there um and yeah he literally is you're right he's like a piece of the poultry a piece of the meat and it's it's brutal it's fast you know i mean it's i wouldn't necessarily apart from 13 girls and that, i wouldn't say any of mine have been necessarily hugely graphic or gory and this pretty much follows the same kind of it's not that but it's just that way that just, I don't know, it's that FUD just yeah. reminds me. That that room and that FUD imprinted in my brain. It's just sickening, isn't it? You it know? is, yeah. So the others do it, but I feel like this is the the first one, the original, and it did it. It perfectly embedded all those things that some of the sequels and some of and the remake got really well when they did it properly. Yeah. This one scene, like, perfected that to me. <laughs> Well, before I do my number one, and before we move on to number one, should we uh, should we read a couple out from the old uh, social media? Absolutely. Suite? I always think that we should have like this separate bit where, it, you know, like a news reporter, <laughs> they go <laughs> breaking news. Yeah, or it's like a that you know when they have like a foreign correspondent in another country that we should <laughs> we should like cut to somewhere else, and it's just like you in a suit reading it out. <laughs> so um, yeah. Uh... We've got quite a, a few comments, and I did I did say I would mention them. Um, so yeah, our, our Insta was popping. <laughs> It'd be popping. This question. Um, so there, there's quite and there's quite a few different ones, and a few that I didn't think about, a few that I did consider as well. Uh, we mentioned that we mentioned uh, recycling analysis earlier. Um, so from a Pilot Terror podcast, um, and he. Uh, he, I don't know if it's he, she, they, they went with um, the sleeping bag smashed against the tree from Friday the 13th. Classic. Part, uh, they weren't sure which one, it's part seven. Uh, New that, Blood. That, well, I was between that and the frozen face smash from Jason, Jason. X. Yeah. Which is what I didn't include because I couldn't settle. 
for Jason X, I almost went for the. I just always, I just always remembered the one he lands on, like the giant screw thing. Yeah, the spins. Yeah, like, I just always remember that. Um, that one was also uh, mentioned by uh, at uh, Snooped. Snoops. He went with the uh, sleeping bag kill as well. Snoop, he's part of that dis- at, uh, discount podcast. Uh, yeah. His name's Paul. And uh, that is a very good choice. Uh, the uh, next one we've got is from uh, Lucy8689. And she went with Jaws when Quint gets eaten. Nice. Which that, again, that, that would have been on my list, but it, it was we, in our we, cou- it was in our first in memoriam characters. We didn't want to die. That was I'm sure that was the first one that we both had. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we did. We had a we had a crossover in that because it completely ruined our numbers. Because then you went on. I listened. I listened to a bit of that the other day. It completely went off the rails number yeah. wise. We were we had to stop for a second. You had to like vamp while I was like. I don't know where we've went wrong here. We missed it. It's because we'd messed up our numbers. Uh, she also said um, the uh, microwave scene in the remake of uh, Last House on the Left. Yeah. Do you know uh, when they're getting the revenge and they stick his head in there and then turn it on and basically just walk away as his head explodes? Uh, uh, did the ho- uh, um, did our guys at the Horror Project podcast also mention that one? I believe. Uh, no, that wasn't. No. Uh, they mentioned uh, Kevin. Uh, so at Horror Pod Project Podcast, um, our little friends there. Uh, they mentioned Kevin Bacon's uh, Friday okay. the Thirteenth, the OG. Yeah, that was an OG. Um, yeah, yeah. I said that 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 one always sticks to me. Person's neck. Bleh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The the person who mentioned the last house on the air, uh, left was uh, at Bad Weird Cheesy Two. And he said the chainsaw scene at the end of Last House on the left was brutal and had me cheering. Um, so that's that the from original? the original. I haven't um, seen the original. So you haven't seen it either. So I did say to him, I haven't seen the original either. So I said that we would rectify that. We will. Uh, we will probably do that in an upcoming, because if we both haven't seen it, then that will be a good one to do in the future. Um, we've got Chuck Z 66 uh, who said uh, Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers, when Michael kills John Strode. Yeah. That was a contender in our uh, characters that deserve to die episode. I remember, um, scream queen from hell. Uh, she said, uh, "Spit on your grave." Uh, when, uh, but uh, I think it was the one from "Spit on your grave." But she's uh, tied him to a table and put his balls in a vice. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, fucking rough, brutal. Um, Chuck D sixty six did also mention a couple more. He said, "The midnight meat train." Class film. Um, when Mahogany decapitates a woman and kills two men in the train. Yeah. Um, he said the collector, when the collector kills Jill and her boyfriend. I've, I've seen, seen the collector one. for a long, long time. Um, and uh, Charles Play Free, when Chucky kills the barber, which I remember that one. Then. That I one don't remember really, that one. That's pretty cool. Um, and then um, we've just got, finally, we had uh, Dustin pa- uh, Parker, who pretty much couldn't choose which death from Saw. Pretty <laughs> <So laughs> <he> much <laughs> any jigsaw trap, he yeah. said. Yeah, we've just said they're just brutal. A lot of them are cool. There's a lot of cool concepts in there. Um, so yeah, th- those are awesome. Thank you for anyone who commented. Um, those were some great suggestions. So now we've got Roberts. Your number one. And uh, my number one is the chestburster scene from Alien, 1979. Hell yeah, oh, brother! Hell yeah, that was on my li- that was on my list as well. I removed it. Yeah, but I was like. Oh yeah, that's such a good scene. Honestly, it's, it's so it's amazing. Classic. It's is is prob- possibly like when people think of a classic death scene, this probably pops up at the yeah. top of the most people. If list. you look at iconic death scenes, 
Um, so obviously Alien, 1979 science fiction horror film um, directed by Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott and written by Dan O'Bannon. Um, oh, where do you even start with it? It's just, the scene itself is just so iconic. Um, so obviously, you know, we get, I think a lot of people, because Alien and Aliens are such a big, you know, cultural icon with particularly with sci-fi as well you know they're up there it's really hard to think of somebody who hasn't seen the scene or isn't aware of it you know um but i remember watching it for the first time when i was under 10 years old and i'm not sure how i watched it um but i basically i went and i watched i was watching it on either video or tv um and I, I watched this film and it was, you know, it was sci-fi and it was in the seventies. And I was like, oh, I wanted, I was like, this isn't Star Wars, you know, I, like, <laughs> I wanted to see Star Wars. So I'm watching this film and then I see this thing jump on this person's face and I'm thinking, oh, that's it. Yeah. And then they're eating dinner and it's all, you know, and I was, I didn't expect it. And I honestly, I, and then, you know, um, John Hurt's character, Kane starts, you know, we start. They're eating dinner and they're just chatting, and he starts like feeling something, doesn't he? He's like, oh, and then he starts yeah. convulsing, and then he, you Fr- know, spitting up blood, spitting and... up blood, and he throws himself on the table, and eventually, and just screaming, yeah. and you see the popping and the popping of the chest. Yeah. Started, b- b- you're like what the fuck? <laughs> and it's um, and then you just see the chest, you know, the 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 young baby xenomorph just burst out of his chest and starts screaming. And it was incredible, it, you know. Amazing. I think for um, because Alien can be quite a slow film. You know, I'm not gonna. I, I won't oh, yeah. take that. The away. first one, the first one is, it, as they say, it's it's like a haunted house film in space, isn't it? That's what they normally call that. Yeah. Because it is a slow build, suspenseful. It's not like the a lot of people associate Alien with the sequels yeah. quite often, where it's like full on like Aliens itself is just a full on action. Ride. I I prefer Aliens. I won't lie. Aliens. But... Aliens is badass, but. I'd, I'd say this one is a better horror. Oh, film. definitely. Um, and I don't know, it, it's just hard to, you know, it's just hard to pick out reasons why it's so good. I mean, if you look at if you look at the aesthetic of the actual scene, you know, everything is this kind of cream white, you yeah. know, all everything that whites wearing and grays, white, whites yeah. and greys, the, you know, the spaceship, the Nostromo, is it the, the Nostromo they're on? Yeah is white and it's all very you know it's all like very nice and neutral and then you see this kind of sudden burst of red you know it's so beautiful it's so iconic you know and the creature looks so like that i know it's just as simple like it's moving mouth and things like that but because of the blood and the way that almost the skin looks so perfectly like real it does look creepily like holy shit what the fuck is that thing yeah like you know and it you know it would have been easy for it to look like some like look that weird penis thing (laughs) but it it doesn't it looks creepy as hell and you can see the defined features of the alien as it would grow into what it's become um yeah it's it's so badass i mean that film's got some great little like suspenseful scenes and things like that but that is the iconic yeah that's the iconic and the nice um, the nice thing about Alien is kind of because um, of when it was made and obviously that horror film is still very much seen as like a lower class form of thing. Yeah. And having followed, say, when we mentioned about like Halloween and things like this, like Halloween, it was one of those ones that started to blur the lines between just being a, a trashy horror film. Yeah. 
and being a masterful piece of art. Yeah. And with the actors like John Hurt and Sigourney Weaver in this film, yeah. you know, it really it helped to kind of be like, that was sci-fi, but that was also horror. Yeah. And that was a masterpiece of a film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. As I said, like the sequels all all good, but the sequels do very much become more sci-fi. Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, you had Ridley Scott more attached. sci-fi. Yeah, still horror. But much less horror than this first one, which is a suspenseful, creepy, you know, what's inside of this place kind of horror film. Yeah, I mean, you just have Sir Ian Holm, um, yeah, Ian Holm, Yafat yeah. Koto, who died last year, a couple of years ago. Yeah, Harry Dean Stanton again, he yeah. died a couple of years ago. Um, but it's such a it's a it's a, it's a great pack cast. They were, it works so well. Um, I just always think of the, the 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 you know when they're watching the something in the vents. Yes. Do 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 do. Like I also always remember that because the Simpsons did a version yeah. of it, <laughs> where it was uh, the, the Willy character in the vents, yeah. and there was something cutting the dog. Uh, Santa's little helpers in there, and it follows the same scene. Why they've got that kind of vent navigation, I don't know. But I it's just such that. a funny parody. And the whole you know the whole film is just so good. Um, it is, but it's it's that scene that really like. I think I'd already seen it before. Yeah. I think I knew that that bit was coming because it's just such a known scene. Um, but um, I still re- like I'm like oh, I would love to. It's just one of those ones that I would love to not know that again. Yes, I would really, love to win, you know, just witness the whole film not fresh. Not see it coming. Yeah, not see it coming. Not know anything about it. Um, I gotta give a shout out to to my friend Craig. It's his favourite horror film. Um, and it's easy to see why. It's just such an iconic film. It gave us, um, you know, Sigourney Weaver's Ed and Ripley, you know, one of the first, if not the first, you know, strong female protagonist. Yeah. Definitely, you know. There, I mean, there probably was before, but I don't know. There was it, it, something was, that's not a slasher film. You know? Know? She was the main kick-ass, you know. Yeah. You know. Long before, long before everyone's. Yeah. So that's mine. Over to you, Epo. Right. Uh, so mine, um, pretty much go with um, there. Of if I could go back and see this again and not to know what was coming, this films would always be in there. I would almost guess that you can probably guess what this is. I tried to avoid this film and I wasn't going to put it on, but I was just like, let's be kidding. I know what my favorite death of all time is in a, my favorite scene in a horror film is of all time. I'm looking at you saying if do you think do I have I, a guess? The opening of Halloween? Not the opening of Halloween, no. But that, that was opening. that's my favourite like opening of all yeah. time. And Halloween was Halloween one was I looked at, but I couldn't necessarily if I'm just talking death alone, yeah. where I'd be like, that's my favourite death scene. That's my that's that does beat this film for an opening of a film. But I prefer the death in this film, all whereas right. I prefer the opening to the other one. I'm drawing a blank keeper. Do it. It's what's your favorite scary movie? Ah, yeah, and it's from Scream, nineteen ninety six. I couldn't not do Scream. It's just this opening, just like the Halloween one. To be fair, just had me hooked to the second it began. Yeah, um, and as I said, I would love to go back and not know that Drew Barrymore was going to die because I wish I was one of those people that opening weekend thought that she was the main character of this film. Oh, that'd have been class <laughs> because it's such a good like pull the rug from every underneath everyone to kill the biggest star in the film yeah um and it's i don't know i just think it's a masterclass in both like of suspense but 
but also it has the brutality in this one as yeah. well. I mean, serious. So Casey Becker, her death with Drew Barrymore, you know, we know the setup. She's in the house alone. The phone rings. Who's on the other line? Some creepy voiced guy. Yeah. You know, starts asking her questions. It gets more and more, but it does it. It starts off really light and gets more and more serious and creepy, which has a kind of realness that you could be all by yourself. And someone starts making these threats to you and you're like, shit, I'm by myself. And also happen to live quite in the middle of nowhere kind of thing. Because she's quite a drive away from like where her parents in this scene, we get her parents kind of coming but they're really far away and you see they have to drive down these huge country lanes and things like that to get anywhere near her. Um, and then we've just got the, the, the creepiness of the voice down the other yeah. end of the phone. Um, and on top of that, you get things like the, her boyfriend, Steve yeah. on the patio. Oh. I mean, this is technically, again, this is like two dead, like, like you're like, um, like silence of the lambs there's like two in this but i feel like it combines to one amazing death scene yeah that's what i would say um and casey's the main one where steve is kind of an add-on scene um but the way that you know she's answering questions about you know who was the killer on friday the 13th you know jason i fucking saw that phone 12 times no jason's mother like is an easy mistake to make but steve's now gonna get gutted yeah the sounds are brutal the, the, the noises he makes, but also the fact that you then see the kind of guts hanging out. And if you've seen this film a fair few times, you also notice where you can see the killer and things like that. It's so it's, good. It, it, it's, so, it's so cool. And it starts to really build up the tension. The popcorn is such an amazing device in that, yeah. where it's just every time we keep returning to it, and worse and worse and worse until flames. And suddenly everything's gone from nice and calm to everything is like it's shit. Chaos. Windows are smashed. Smoke's filling the building. There's burning. There's fire. There's noises there's you know screech she's like where the fuck am i gonna go there's ghost face appearing in the background yeah. um finally culminating in her on the phone running away managing thinking she's escaped and out pops ghost face and it's just that you know grab stab to the chest yeah, uh... yeah. and it's not you know it's not actually it's not that part that's actually the most like kind of brutal or amazingly horrific but there's something that feels so horribly real about this scene at the same oh, time yeah. that feels like, I think this is why it was such a, like a, this in terms of slasher. Whereas I guess with like Michael or Jason, you could kind of put a bit of distance between you. Yeah. Maybe not the first Halloween. There was a bit of a realness there too, but quite often you could put a bit of, even with slashes. But yeah. the reason we like slashes is because it's the closest to reality. Someone could, do it yeah <laughs> someone could put a ghost face costume on and go and slaughter a bunch of people and you know well the ghost face costume was just a costume wasn't it yeah yeah uh, absolutely it's just that's what i mean that's it there's nothing more to it it's just who's underneath there which is another reason you want to go back because you'd like to not know who the killer was again um but it, it's just that brutality in the way that she's like fighting back and drew barrymore's performance is fantastic yeah, in this class. when she's fighting him off but you can also kind of hear this kind of croaky kind of terrified nature in her voice and she's like but she is fighting yeah. and then, then another one to the chest and, and then even the, the costume design where she's got that white yeah and then the red starts piercing through that kind of very like woolen jumper yeah and it's like and oh. her parents come home and they listen they to hear her. the noise and it's just it feels so like i think i remember my dad saying that he watched it what which I didn't expect because he didn't watch so many horror films, but he watched it um, with my with my stepmom and them just saying that it actually kind of was kind of weirdly close to home, yeah. like kind of like 
the idea that you could come home and hear that is like a parent's worst nightmare. Definitely. It's like horrific. It's horrible. And then culminating in the scene, that kind of thing, the gore that has where you don't get a hugely long shot of it, but her hanging from the tree yeah. with her guts hanging out. She's properly like massacred, especially like neck slit. Yeah. Is, it, is she hanging corn. from her guts? I can't remember. I always thought she was hanging. I they think hung it's a rope. Guts. I think there's a rope but her guts have been like strewn around her as yeah. well. I don't think it's just her guts that she's hanging oh, from, but it's still like just hanging out there and it looks horribly real. And obviously then obviously it cuts to the screen. Yeah. And it's just, it's just such an amazing opening scene as well as an amazing death scene. It's just, it, it hits suspense. It lulls you into a false like, safety yeah. at the beginning and just things get spiral out of control and get worse and worse and worse um it's awful <laughs> but amazing at the same time yeah it's so class isn't it um yeah so that's my number one and obviously throughout the episode i did mention that i had ones that and i've mentioned a couple of the ones that were like my so close including ones that you had that were like nearly yeah. mine um, I don't know if any more pop to your head, but I might as well save the other ones because yeah. you can't really do your top five horror again and again and again. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll be revisiting one day. But... So oh, actually, I'm here. Alien Chestbuster was the, my ne- would have been my next one. I added back Ab- in. It's absolutely class. Um, my other one was Psycho Shower Scene. Yeah, I was considering that. Yeah, as just such a classic. So yeah, it's iconic. Um, but again, it's more a case of it wasn't like. I guess as much our generation and yeah. stuck in my brain as maybe other ones. Yeah, are. a lot of the, the five that I chose were ones that that stuck with me when yeah. I watched them, um, whether whilst I was young or whether, like with the case of Hellraiser, I might have only watched it for the first time two years ago, but it really stuck with me. Yeah. The whole the whole film stuck with me, to be honest. Yeah, icky and brutal and. Uh, um, the uh, my other one, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and that's. The bed of Johnny Depp. It's yeah. Johnny Depp's. I was just for Tina's, such a class. I think. Yeah, Tina's as well. It, like that was back and forth between my head. Um, I think I just remember just being like, "Holy shit!" Like there was yeah. something about the visuals of Johnny Depp's. Oh, death. it was awesome. You know, just going in like you don't actually see his body. Anything happen to him? It no. just sinks in. But then, boom! It's like, "Holy shit!" Fucking rough. Um, yeah. So that's such a great death scene. Um, another one which isn't a horrific one, but just always sticks with me. And I think I have mentioned this again. And this is why I took it off. Uh, it's the ending of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. It's the shot in the head. Yeah. You know, you think he's safe and boom, he's gone. It's like, it's a, it's a death scene and it's extremely fast, but it leaves an impact. I remember being like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. To that ending. Like, after all of that and he's dead and just be like, fucking hell. Like, <laughs> yeah, ben, ben was so likable as well. He was. It, like, you know, he was so the good. only one who, who like knew what to do and kept his shit together for yeah. the whole film. He was the one that completely deserved to die. And he would have survived yeah. if it wasn't for fucking like just them killing anything. Um, yeah, actually, that's it. That's it. My other one I added in in the end. So, yeah, yeah. that was all of my honourable mentions there. And on top of we had plenty of nice, amazing extra comments from people on uh, Instagram, our socials, yeah. um, and our top fives. Well, I mean, if you want to come and let us know, uh, your top fives or let us know your favorite deaths or what you thought about ours uh come and find us on uh, social media at cmth podcast um and if you enjoyed the show hit the subscribe button and uh leave us a, a lovely spicy review it always helps us and we will see you again shortly take care bye-bye